0: Hello, and welcome to the Small Business Strategy Podcast. Business podcast series where we discuss business and marketing strategies, challenges, and the power of living your passion as a small business owner. My name is Jacqueline Farkas. I am a marketing and business consultant, as well as the founder of Social Marketing Boutique. I serve my clients with a variety of marketing services, as well as personal branding strategy. I'm so excited you're here and I look forward to sharing more content with you in the upcoming episodes. Please welcome my guest Marina. How are you Marina?
1: I'm doing great Jackie. How are you?
0: And wonderful. Thank you so much for being here with us today. I'm super excited. We're finally um, having our interview. It's been quite some time we've connected on social, um, specifically Instagram. So I absolutely love being connected with you. And today we're really here to get to know each other better, right? Get to know your story, how you started as an entrepreneur and, you know, a little bit of background about yourself. So,
1: yes, I'm so excited yourself. to be here as well. Thank you for having me. I am a real estate professional here in Southern California, and I have been in real estate officially for five years. But my dreams started a long time ago. I actually had an internship at Cobble Banker in high school, helping with transaction coordination.
0: Okay. And so
1: it's always been something that I wanted to do. And I'm um, quite literally living my dream right now. So it's, it's an exciting time for me right now. Yeah. Can
0: you tell me a little bit about, you know, when you started? So your earlier years before five
1: years ago, what were you doing back then? So I was actually working for a real estate coaching company in their customer service department. Okay, And I was helping professional real estate agents import their transactions into our customer management system, the CRM. Mm -hmm. And I was noticing that I had some skills that overlapped with those professional realtors who were just killing it in their business. And they were having a great time working the business. They were finding lots of opportunities to be creative, uh, to really own their business. And it was very inspiring to me. So at that point, I decided to uh, look into getting my real estate license. And that's kind of where it began.
0: Yeah, I love that. And at that time, did you when you first started, did you have a mentor or anybody that you kind of looked up to or was guiding you at the time to really get into that industry?
1: Yeah, so I had uh, this mentor couple who would always they were local here in San Diego, they would always come to my cubicle, Uh And they would come by with a little pop by gift. (laughs) I remember specifically this oven mitt, you know, and I was like, wow, I'm just this lowly customer service person. And yet they went out of their way to come and thank me for whatever I helped them with. I don't even remember. And I just remember thinking that when I got into real estate, that's how I wanted to do my business relationally. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to build relationships. I never wanted to go knock on doors and harass strangers and do cold calling. That's really what inspired me was, you know, I think that when you think about sales, it's kind of like people have this slimy impression of sales, right? The used car salesman or, you know, that kind of trope that is uh, so present in our culture. And I'd never seen the way that they did sales and they did mm-hmm. it relationally. And that was something that inspired me. So yeah, I worked with them for a couple of years and then I went on to my next chapter.
0: Awesome. Well, yeah, that's so great to have had somebody to kind of mentor you and teach you the ropes in the beginning. Um, I think that really does help us evolve as you know professionals but also just internally like there's a lot that we could learn from other people their leadership styles i absolutely love you know having that you know a mentor or someone to look up to that's done it before that knows the ropes and um, maybe you can do things differently from what how they've done it but definitely kind of put your spin on things customer service is huge i absolutely agree with you it's necessary in this market whether i mean in any professional stage, you know, whether you're just starting out or (laughs) you've grown and and you're the founder and CEO of company, it's just so important to have that still really present. Like you said, that customer service.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things my mentors kind of touched on was if your clients are calling, if you have an active client, they're calling you first, you you have failed already to anticipate you know, what needs they have. So, um, Mm, yeah, I like that service is, is so important. Yeah.
0: Right. And have you over time since, you know, from back then to now, have you become a mentor to others or like kind of set example, because you do things differently, probably with the customer service aspect or how is that working?
1: You know, I can't say that I'm officially anybody's mentor. But in recent months, let's say in the last six months, Mm -hmm. I do have some agents reaching out to me specifically for (gasps) my marketing piece and for the branding that I've done. I'm getting a lot of really great feedback on my weekly email Mm -hmm. and how I put that together. And so I don't have, I don't mentor anybody specifically, but I am getting you know, some buzz around, okay, how, how do you do this? How do you put this together? Yeah, yeah. tell
0: me a little bit about that. So I, I know you have, you know, some resources that you provide others and you try and get, you know, your clients on and new clients, you have an email list and a newsletter. So can you tell me a little bit about your process with that since you created it?
1: Well, it all started with a couple of books that I read and they had a common suggestion was to try to stay as top of mind as possible. And combining that with some advice I got from my mentors about always coming to your audience with something of value. I love the idea of building a community. And that's what I'm trying to do with my weekly email. In my weekly email, there's always going to be a section in which I talk about myself and it's personable so so I can be relatable. I'll always offer something of value, maybe an app review or an interesting YouTube video or real estate market update. And then I'll always have a section where, where my audience can look for Homes just to stay, even if they're not looking, just to, if they're curious, they can check out different homes in various price ranges. And I have a link also to my Etsy store. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it changes from week to week. Sometimes I will come across something that is very interesting and that I think will be of value to my clients or whoever subscribes. So, anyone could subscribe. And I try to make it something that's valuable no matter where you are geographically. So, Even if I'm a real estate agent here in San Diego, if somebody wanted to subscribe and they're in Colorado, you know, they would also find value from that weekly email. My monthly mailer is something completely different. I try to make it different than the email that I send out. So that, yeah, you have, you're getting- Is that like a
0: brochure or it's a printed, correct? You have the email newsletter and then, oh, fun. Okay.
1: So what I found out is that, In the past, you used to get a lot more junk mail through the physical mail, but Mm -hmm. now it's kind of reversed. Email is where you get most of your junk mail and people really appreciate getting, you know, authentic mailers. And my, one of my mentors that I have never really met, but he's a real estate coach, Brian Buffini. He says that a personal note will always get read, even Mm -hmm. if it's your arch enemy. (laughs) you know, they will open it up and they will read it. So that's, that's also really powerful. So mailers can be powerful in that sense because people are getting less junk mail physically and they're getting more on email. So I think it's important to touch people in different ways. Yeah, exactly. A (laughs) hundred
0: percent. Yeah. For me, I do. I mean, it's now I'm going into a little bit more in-person, you know, services that I can offer. Um, But I really love virtual coffee chats, right? And now I'm introducing or reintroducing in person, which is similar to networking, but it's also just the first phase of getting to know somebody. And it's more casual. It's not salesy. It's not pressure-like. So it's really just to get to know somebody on that closer level than you would in an email or by looking at a website or a brochure. And so I think that's really important when people get to know you and You know, your mannerisms, how you are, before they really step into decision mode and like deciding if you're the right fit to work with them. So I think there's a huge benefit to either showing up in person or like for in your case, the mailers, it's still the handwritten written notes are, you know, that personable touch for sure.
1: Yeah. And I think it's important to find out, you know, what what is one special formula. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, it's the monthly physical mailer, the weekly email and showing up on stories every day, if I can. And if you do whatever you're doing, as long as you do it consistently, what you're doing is communicating to your clients that you are reliable, that you're mm-hmm. trustworthy, that you say you, you, you
0: say what you're going to do.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Um, exactly. So it, it just communicates that trust, and that's so important, especially when somebody's buying the biggest asset that they're going to buy, like a home.
0: Yeah, agreed, a hundred percent. I mean, for I remember when I first came across your profile, I can't recall exactly if I started following you or vice versa, but I remember just you really stood out. Well, your personality, but also like the imagery, any you know posts that you had on social that was very different than I was what I was used to seeing in the real estate industry. It wasn't what I saw before was a little bit, eh, you know, bland. And then with what you bring was like, oh, okay. Like she felt very personable. And at first I was like, oh, she does real estate. And then, you know, like you just want to learn more. So I was at that stage, although I already purchased my first home, but (laughs) I thank you. Thank you. I think you bring a lot of great tips, other than just the first-time homebuyer, you know, process. There's a lot more to real estate. I don't even know, but I see from what I've seen your materials, like there's so much to learn. It's not just for the first-time homebuyer, so I think that's yeah, great.
1: And I try to make it in a way that is engaging and interesting mm-hmm. because, to be honest with you, real estate contracts, you know, they're good reading material if you're trying to fall asleep. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so it's got to be made digestible and in some ways entertaining and, and in in other ways, in a way that is relatable mm-hmm. to other people. That's really what I try to do through my social media. Yes, every time I show up, I'm sort of interviewing. I'm showing, I'm not afraid to be on video. I'm showing my day, you know, behind the scenes. But um, at the end of the day, I'm just trying to, be relatable and show people that I'm here to help them mm-hmm. and um, here to be a resource for anything that they need. Yeah, be real estate related.
0: Yeah, I love that. And so I wanted to know a little bit more about, you know, what kind of business challenges do you currently encounter? You know, within your industry as an entrepreneur, like what are what are some of your like top three challenges that you would say?
1: The number one challenge I have with clients right now is buyer education because the market is so not in a buyer's favor right now. It's a complete seller's market and it's very aggressive and cutthroat that I have found that buyer education is the number one. Thing that needs to happen before you even go preview any properties. So having professional consultations mm-hmm. with both buyers and sellers, but especially buyers right now and bringing them into the office and explaining the process before you even go out is going to be key.
0: I understand you have your newsletter, but when you really find that they need that guidance, is there anything specific or any topics that you kind of point towards, you know, and and recommend that they review that you currently have on hand?
1: Yes, absolutely. I go through my buyer guide. It's a Mm -hmm. beautiful 24 page document and it will be relevant in this market or even in a, in a, buyer's market. And it's kind of the general overview that goes through all the steps that a buyer needs to take before, during, and after, you know, finding their ideal property. But there is an additional layer Mm -hmm. that really needs to be brought up. And it's that blunt conversation that if you're ready to buy, we need to get you in the position to buy. And you need to know that when you land on that property, you have to be ready to pull that trigger and say yes to the address, as they say, oh. you have to be in that mental space. So that's really, I try to go from a bird's eye perspective. And then I go specific to those uh, buyers that are in front of me and mm-hmm. what are their needs and what do they need to do? Do they have any homework that they need to take care of before embarking on that actual, you know, search with their eye, you know, yeah. their eyes. Yeah, hundred
0: percent. And do you do... Like the entire process from a little bit of research. I mean, I know a little bit about real estate, but for my process, when I was buying my home, it was a little bit different. I still had to do some research on the area where I was moving to, and you know, I I did my homework. I guess yeah. <laughs> you could say it wasn't the easiest to do. Like, I still felt confused. Like, okay, should I be looking here? Or where? Like, I I needed the direction because I had literally no idea, and I had no idea about. The area just very minimal. So, for me, that was important. Do you do that with your clients? I kind of point them in the direction and they do the additional homework, or how does that work?
1: Absolutely. So, what we say is that mm-hmm. home buying is not a process of elimination, it's actually a process of selection. Mm-hmm. So, it's a matter of dialing in those variables. And once you really have a proper list, of what you're looking for in a home and, you know, a neighborhood, then the pool is actually very shallow. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, most buyers are are stunned to find out like, oh, wow, there's only three properties that match my criteria, you know? And I'm like, that's good because you don't want to run into buyer burnout. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. You know, when you get tired of looking at homes, you're in the red zone. It's not a fun place to be. It's a frustrating place to be. So, yes, it's very important that, you know, I interview the, the clients in front of me and find out what are their needs? What are they looking for? And a lot of real estate, it's like, just be quiet and ask the questions and listen. Mm hmm and stop and listen. And that's what is very important in understanding the client's needs because when everybody's on the same page, then we can find that property.
0: Yeah, agreed, 100%. Yeah, it's, it's really tricky. And I feel like California is always special, right? Of a market <laughs> compared to other states that maybe they have a different process, a different regulations, state, government, whatever. And when I explain to some people the process I went through, they're like, oh, well, I'm in Florida. And like, you know, it's just different. Although the Florida market is very hot right now, too. I do see those differences from the outside perspective. Like, yeah, it's a little bit tough. And, you know, it is what it is. Like every state is different. But anyways, um, I I really appreciate you sharing that, you know, challenge. Is there any other challenges that you feel, you know, come up for you in your your day to day or as an entrepreneur?
1: Yeah, I think one of the big ones that anyone in the entrepreneurship realm will run into is this imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that feeling of who does she think she is? What is she doing that kind of negative track that some of us can fall into? um, That is a struggle because real estate can be very flashy. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. Cars and fashion and you've got all these shows on Netflix like selling Tampa, selling Sunset. Oh, I love those. (laughs) You know, and I mean for the for the looks
0: more than anything. But
1: yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But it's it's not a clear picture of like yesterday, I showed up on my stories, you know, and I showed up even though I had no makeup on and it was like a grueling day. And you know, it's not always glamorous. On my last listing, my husband and I spent a weekend cleaning up the property, even after it was cleaned, just to make sure we get top dollar for our sellers, you know, because we know if we clean the eaves of the, of the home, that's one less thing that potential buyers are going to ding, ding the price on, you know, so it's, it's not always glamorous. Sometimes you have to put on your workout clothes and do actual physical labor. And sometimes you get to show up and with a full face of makeup and, you know, do a presentation. So it's that's what I love about real estate too, to be honest is you always have a different day, mm-hmm. but yeah, with everybody posting, you know, their highlights on Instagram and realtors are are just notorious for this. It can be very easy to fall into that trap of comparison. Mm-hmm. So that is something that somebody that's showing like me, that's showing up on social media every day. Sometimes I have the mindset of like, okay, just get in and get out. Like you do your post don't scroll too much you know check in with yourself how do you feel and just to stay away from that comparison mm-hmm. uh, crap yeah but, i like that
0: that's yeah. a good that's a good perspective honestly and yeah it could be imposter syndrome can be very present in a lot of different whether it's social media or A presentation a workshop you know being like actual speaker there's so many ways but staying true to yourself and yeah maybe you do need like a breather and to you know step away for a few minutes and be okay with that but then continue on and just push forward knowing that you're being authentic you're being yourself and that's what really counts um other than glamour and glitz and you know, let's have a great day, kind of (laughs) because that's not always the facts of entrepreneurship, right? It can look very different. Mm -hmm.
1: There's a client for every realtor and there's Mm -hmm. a realtor for every client and you're not for everyone and everyone's not for you. you Exactly. And there's more than enough business for everybody. You know, you just have to find your acre of diamonds. It's right in front of you. It's in your sphere and just you know focusing on the people that already know like and trust you is is huge and coming to them and being authentic you know it's mm-hmm. a great way to combat that imposter syndrome sometimes
0: yeah i like that perspective too and building systems you know it, it seems to be another challenge of entrepreneurs would you say you also would agree that you know you have your email list but do you always come to it consistently? Or do you find yourself kind of getting off track? Or are you pretty good about consistency with that?
1: Consistency happens to be my word of the year. So I have to say that I've been good about it. I've been very consistent. In fact, I created an intake form for Mm -hmm. um, new people who I'm adding to my database or to my sphere. And On that form, I make sure that I've added them to my email list, my contact management system, that they're getting my mailers, my emails, that they're in rotation for calls, notes, and pop buys. And so my CRM automatically (laughs) reminds me of, I get to grade my client's A, B, C, D. And then based on the client grade, it will actually remind me, oh, it's time to call Joe or it's time to check in with Jane or whatever. So whatever you can automate is great. We can't automate everything because mm-hmm. also you lose that authenticity. So yeah. yeah.
0: Right. Because I, I've, i I mean, as a small business owner myself, I love automation. I love, right, that ability to make workflows easier for me. But I also feel like when I take just a few extra minutes in an email and personalize it, that it really does make the difference. I see a different response and just the words that I receive back are very personable instead of just short sentence and dry cut. (laughs) You know, it's, it's not just a transaction and I think it's worth it 100%. I've met and worked with entrepreneurs that want to do automation for email marketing, for example. And to be honest, I'm not a huge fan. I set up certain, you know, workflows, but I still create designs, right? I create that personal branding aspect and I bring that to the table. And that's what makes a community, just like your newsletter is I'm able to bring that, but in a different spirit, if you will, you know, it's, it's really great. So I agree with you there. Automation is great, but not for everything, you know, it's just people catch on.
1: I think there's, I mean, honestly, it's going to sound a little woo, woo but it's literally the energy that you put in is oftentimes what you're going to get out. So Mm -hmm. if you're going to make an automatic post, you'll notice that those posts, they have um, less engagement versus Mm -hmm. that. I remember I posted one photo. It was like a selfie. It was grainy. I didn't think it was a great photo. And on my engagement, it was much higher because it was uh, in my in my woo woo thinking, it was authentic, and the energy behind it was authentic. Mm-hmm. So I think it goes that way too with whatever you're doing.
0: Yeah, I love that, and it's it is very true. Like you know, I'll I have certain personal branding type posts that I do, and um, then occasionally I'll just have pictures of myself out networking, and you know that tends to get more engagement because that is like lifetime, you know, live real time. So. I agree with you there. So, I'd love to know a little bit more advice. You know, I love how you show up, of course, on social media and you've kind of had a journey with personal branding. Can you explain to our listeners a little bit about your journey with personal branding and, you know, why you believe it's so important to build one and any advice you can give our listeners?
1: Yeah, I had no real concept of. You know, when I started, I didn't think about the colors or the fonts that I wanted to use in my branding. I didn't think about how I wanted to dress and show up. Ultimately, didn't think about what my audience wanted at all. When I started to think about those things and my personality and how it would fit into my branding, that's when I kind of took off in Mm -hmm. real estate. At first, with the pink. Okay. I'm always in the pink, right? Oh, that's your color. Uh, Is your signature color? Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but first with the pink, I was like, oh, nobody's going to want to do business with this like Barbie pink color. What are they going to think about me? You know? And that kind of sat in my brain for a couple of months as I was thinking about the branding. It wasn't making any moves, but I was thinking. And it just dawned on me one day, well, if somebody doesn't want to work with me because my color is my, you know, my branding color is pink, then I probably don't want to work with them either. Yeah. And I, at that point I just decided to go with it almost as soon as I posted my very first, I think I have like a signs, like mm-hmm. behind my open house signs. I got all this feedback. Oh my God. I love the pink. I love the pink. And that's when it really started. I started to tighten things up from there. First I picked my color then i picked my fonts and then my authentic self started to show through the branding and that's kind of been the journey
0: yeah i love that and you know it's good that you're able to recognize that you know you did have that fear and you had to overcome you know a certain fear a certain mindset to be able to get where you are today which now you're you know ever so confident in your color and you know, it's just so important to continue on and, and not let people get to you when you are being your authentic self. So. Yeah.
1: I, and I've had even in-person mm-hmm. comments, like I w- I'll show up in pink, right. And mm-hmm. I had a, one snarky comment like, Oh, you're in your uniform. And I'm like, yes, I am. <laughs> I'm embodying my brand, you know, and this is it. And I'm here to stay. And truly feel like I'm embodying my brand, you know, I Mm -hmm. wear the colors and all, everything is starting to match vertically from my emails to my mailers, to my business cards. I had a friend of 20 years tell me a couple of weeks ago, she said, I really can't detangle Marina from real estate. Like I think of real estate, I think of Marina Mm -hmm. and I think of Marina, I think of real estate. I'm like, that's excellent. You know, that's what I'm going for.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you. Yeah, like embodying your color, I do that too and different shades of blue sometimes I really gravitate towards a little bit of the neutral colors, but then a pop of blue, I really um admire that and blue is a calming color, right? Like people gravitate towards calm um and peaceful and marketing is Not necessarily calm and peaceful, but that's the vibe I want to bring. (laughs) You know, I want to embody. I want people to feel calm and collected working with me and to ease the stress out of marketing and and personal branding as well. So I'm their person and they don't have to be stressed. The typical like, oh, I don't know what to do. And I'm here for that. Right. Yeah. Well, again, it was such a pleasure having you, Marina. Um, before we go, you know, is there any other advice or where where can we um our listeners find you on social?
1: So you can find me easiest on Instagram. The handle is real estate by Marina. Mm-hmm. The last piece of advice that I would leave to entrepreneurs or anybody with clients is follow up until they tell you not to. And what I've done is just assume everyone in my database is my client. I own them until they tell me, you know, I'm working with someone else or I don't want to receive your information anymore, your, your mailers, or your emails. I claim them un- unless otherwise. I think that's really important to do. Take ownership, embody your brand and stay sane. It's crazy out there.
0: I love it. And all the links for Marina's uh, resources, as well as some digital downloads will be on our show notes. But thank you again so much, Marina. And I look forward to continuing our conversation on social and getting to know you better as well.
1: Thank you. It was a pleasure.
0: The big part of business growth is taking strategic action and keeping your mindset and vision on track. Strategy is the core foundation of my business processes and this podcast. This is not your average business podcast. I'm here to build a small business community. My name is Jacqueline Farkas, founder of Social Marketing Boutique. Join us and hit the subscribe button today.